Welcome to the Destiny Church Tees Valley podcast. As you listen, it is our prayer that you are transformed by audacious faith, inspiring hope, and extravagant love. When I used to share a room with my older brother, he's five years older than me, he had the top bunk, I had the bottom bunk, and I used to share a room with him, and I woke up, he was still asleep. And um, we have an alarm in my household, so we can't, I can't go downstairs. So I was sort of stuck in bed awake, waiting until everyone wakes up. And I was just lying there, just sort of, I don't know what I was thinking about, just sort of thinking, I can't wait until everyone gets up. I can't play with stuff at the moment because my brother's asleep. And I was really young. I was about, I was about nine, something like that. And all of a sudden in the morning, all I heard was this, this voice that came over and said, my son, as audibly as... I'm currently speaking, this voice came upon me that said, my son. And so naturally, when you're that age and you hear a voice of someone that you've never heard before, you chuck your covers over your head and you pretend you didn't hear anything. Stressed out on my mind, that morning, everyone went downstairs eventually. And I walked downstairs, I found my parents, I turned to them, I was like, I've heard this voice, I don't know what's going on, there was someone in the house, I I'm freaking out. And uh, my, my parents are like, what? You heard this voice? Have you not read Samuel? And I was like, I haven't read Samuel. Maybe I should read Samuel. So um, I, I t- uh, my parents were like, right, if you hear this voice again, this is what you need to say. You need to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Because God was trying to talk to you. God was trying to talk to you. So I was like, okay, I've got this. I've got this. God's trying to talk to me. God's trying to tell me something. I've got it. So that night I go to bed. I'm like, I'm a bit scared. I'll be honest with you. I'm a bit scared. But I'm thinking, I've just got to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I've just got to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And I woke up the next morning, and nothing happened. I just got out of bed. Everyone got out of bed. Nothing happened. And this continued, actually. I'll be honest with you. I'll skip forward slightly in the story. I've never heard that voice again. I've never heard that voice again. It was something that really actually tore at me until last year. I go to Regents Theological College, um, and... Uh, I was in my first year, it was Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day last year was on a Wednesday, if you don't know, and every Wednesday we have basically like church um, like this in, um, in, our, in our college, so it's a Wednesday devotions we call it, it's in an afternoon, and this guy called Tim Alford was speaking, now, you won't know who Tim Alford is, but if you ever get a chance to listen to Tim Alford speak, it's worth listening to, he's a really good speaker, and he was doing this ministry time where um, he was just getting people like to sing over people and stuff like that. It was getting a bit weird at times, but he was just speaking down the mic. And as he said something, something resonated with me, and it really touched me in a way that I never thought, never thought was possible. And he just, speaking down the mic, just said, just be son. And right in that moment, I realized I had been wrestling all my life to find out what God was trying to tell me. Something I really wrestled with was the fact that I was like, God, what was it you were trying to say? Because you were trying to tell me something, and I had completely gone wrong. Something You were trying to speak to me in a clear way, and I just didn't listen. What were you trying to say? What were you trying to prepare me for? And I had completely forgotten what God did say. Sometimes we feel so preoccupied with what my ministry is. What am I doing in the church? What do I need to be doing? How do I get a higher level of me that I've completely forgotten who God is calling me to be? So what I want to say to you today is we need to get back to our identity. We're going to turn in our Bibles now to 1 Samuel 16. A little bit of background to this story is Israel have called out for a king. They really want this king and God's anointing this guy called Saul. Now, in in the chapter earlier, I believe, um, Saul uh, is just sort of um, 
done something that God, God's asked him to do something and Saul said, no, I'm doing it my way. Uh, and Saul has now had his uh, uh, anointing taken off of him by God. And that's where we're going to pick up. Saul, this anointed king, has decided to do something um, that wasn't of God. And as a result, he's missed his opportunity. God's about to anoint someone else. And this is where we pick up. There's three characters we're going to pick up on really quickly. The first one is a guy uh, called uh, Samuel. Samuel as well, he's had a call from God. He's, he's really fear, fearless, uh, and he's just going to do what God has called him to do. There's another guy called David. David is just this little shepherd boy. He's kind of inadequate to his family, and no one really thinks about him. Shepherds are the lowest of the low. They sleep with the, sh- the sheep. They probably smelt. They, they weren't anything in particularly special. And the other person we're going to look at is a guy called Jesse. Jesse is David's dad. It's going to become clear as we just read this first passage. It says this, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, But how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me the one I name you. So Samuel did as the Lord said. Samuel's got it. Samuel's got his identity, and he doesn't mind the fact that he might die by doing this. He's just going to go for it. And he went to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming, saying, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably I come to you to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come, and, um, come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons, and he invited them to, to sacrifice. This is off topic, by the way. This is really off topic. It's not what we're talking about. But I really feel strongly, um, when I was going through this, that I had to stop here and, and just tell you that you need to consecrate yourselves. The church needs to consecrate yourselves. I don't know what you're expecting when you come to church, um, but uh, Pastor Jonathan turned to me this morning, and he said to me, um, I'm expecting revival. Um, and I, I don't think I could promise that, but, um, <laughs> but what are you expecting? Because your expectation level should be high. And if we consecrate ourselves and we say to God, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stick you rightfully where you are. Our expectations will come higher and you'll find this church will thrive in a way that it's never thro- uh, throve before. I <laughs> don't know if that's the right word, but we'll go with it. It's going to thrive in a way that you never thought it could. If you've got yourself in the right place, revival needs to start through us. And if you want to see revival and you want to see your loved ones saved and you're serious about it, then we need to stick ourselves in the right place with God. We're going to carry on. Um, verse 6, so it was when they came, they looked at Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at the appearance, his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For the Lord, uh, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I'm so thankful for that. <laughs> is anyone else here like, oh, thank you, God, that you're not looking at my outward appearance? Because I like food, I'll be honest. Anyway. <laughs> So Jesse called Aninadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all your young men here? Then he said, there, is one, uh, there remains yet the youngest. And there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, bring him, uh, send and bring for him. But we will not sit down till he comes. So he sent and brought him in. 
Now he was ruddy and bright-eyed and good-looking, and the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. I really love this, that the fact that, that, that Jesse didn't even think of, about David. He heard that this prophet was coming in, this mighty man of God, and he's not even thinking about David. And maybe you have had that sort of relationship with someone, that relationship of Jesse and David where, where you just feel inadequate and you don't feel good enough. You feel like they, that they've pushed me aside and all I belong to do, all I deserve to do is stay in the fields because I'm not good enough to do anything else. I'm an outcast and there's an important guy about to come and meet my family, but I'm going to stay here with the sheep because at least I know I'm good at something and that's looking after these sheep. Uh, at, least I, at least I can care about these, but they're not going to really want me there anyway. And if I did turn up, my dad would probably turn up to me and look at me and say, well, what are you even doing here? We've got an important guy here and there's sheep that you could be looking after. Imagine that inadequacy uh, uh, that David's feeling. But thankfully, God doesn't look at David the same way as Jesse does. God doesn't look at you the same way as your family members might look at you. God's not going to look at you the same way as, as your loved ones have looked at you, or people who have hurt you have looked at you, the situations around you has spoken about. Because God's looking at you with these fresh eyes of saying, well, I'm going to choose you anyway. If you're going to choose me, then I'm going to choose you. You might not be good enough. You might not feel good enough, but I'm going to choose you because I've got something special for you. And he chooses David, this old shepherd boy, and says to this, this shepherd, I know you, you're looking after sheep and I know you don't feel good enough, but I'm going to make you king. I'm going to make you one of the most important people in the Old Testament. I'm going to, I'm going to let history, the Jewish history, just revolve around this king. And you might not feel good enough, but I know you want to serve. I know you want to help. I know you want to join an army with me. And I know you want to fight for me. So I, I'm going to love you. And I'm going to give you identity. And this is where he does. But, but David receives this identity. He might have felt inadequate before. He might have not. He receives this identity from God. And then he says, well, I'm going to do something about it. So there's the Philistine armies about to come a, a, across and, and fight Israel. Israel and, and Philistine are constantly fighting each other. Uh, and they're going to uh, fight, and David's too young to fight, actually. He's not, he's not old enough to fight, but he's like, oh, what's going on? Like, I want to see. So he's a bit of a runner. He's going back and forth between, um, to his brothers and giving food and stuff like that. He wants to know, uh, and this is where we're going to pick up again in the story, because David's just received this new identity. Let's remember that, but this is going to change. David's no longer with the sheep. David's no longer looking after his inadequate job that he felt was lower than the low. He's, he's not bothered anymore. What he's going to do is, I've been given this identity, I'm going to run with it. And what he does in, we're going to go to 1 Samuel 18, we skip a chapter ahead. <laughs> oh, not 18, sorry, 17, 24. And says, and, uh, so this guy, Goliath, comes out, this, this massive man, and all of the army, this is what I love about this story, really quick. What I really love about this story is the fact that, um, that the army are petrified, but this little boy David isn't. This little boy David isn't. The army's seen this guy, Goliath, and they're like, no, we can't fight him. Let's run away. I can't do, I can't do him. And, and this is where it picks up. And all of the men of Israel, when they saw the man, this is verse 24, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who comes up? Surely he has come to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich the great riches and will give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. They're like, whoever fights him needs to be rewarded, because I'm not fighting him. None of us are going to fight him, 
But David's response is beautiful. I love this response. There's power in this response. David spoke to the men who stood by them, this little boy David, saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Who is this guy that he thinks that, I could, that he can stand against me? See, David's realized I've got an identity now in God. And what's happened is there's this big thing in front of me, but there's someone standing next to me. There's this big person right now in front of me, but there's another that's going to be in my fire right now. You might feel inadequate because you don't feel good enough to do your ministry. And you're thinking, you're looking at your ministry and you're saying, my ministry's not good enough. I can never do this. You're looking at your ministry and you're saying, my ministry just, I can't, I can't, I can't handle it anymore. But God hasn't called you to give up. God's called you to stand by him and say, let's do this together. What's important in this, in this, in this, this scripture with David is the fact that that David realized that he, he, he's gone from nothing to something. God's calling me. And now I'm going to act on it. Maybe you feel inadequate. You feel like maybe you feel like you're at the second point where David, got, you've got an identity in God. And God's called me to be someone. But you're not doing anything about it. Maybe your step to this morning is to say, actually, maybe I should go up to that Goliath. I should go up to that ministry that looks a bit scary. And say, I'm going to fight. I'm going to do stuff for God. And I'm going to serve in a way that I've never served before. If we feel inadequate, we're never going to reach our full potential in ministry. If we don't feel good enough, we're never actually going to do anything in ministry. Because when we, when we don't feel good enough and we put our, our identity and our circumstances around us, we never step fully in to what God is calling us to do and what God is calling us to say. And that's why this church actually put on ministry courses. That's why this church are, are trying to thrive and trying to put stuff on for you. Because they're saying, actually, a way to strength, for you to strengthen yourself is to come and serve as well. Because my identity, it's a weird thing, but it's like it's a, this thing that happens where my identity found in Christ, I serve. And then my identity gets strengthened in Christ. And I serve some more and I, I, I go out and I, I do more for the church. I do more and I help out. And then I feel stronger in who I am. And in those situations that come about, maybe I've lost my job all of a sudden, but actually it doesn't actually sting as much as it once would have. It doesn't actually hurt as much as it once would have because my identity isn't in my job anymore. Like, I know that's a wage coming in. I know I've got to support my family, but my identity isn't in that. My identity is in God. And my God's going to provide. Throughout the Bible, by the way, God provides. And if there's one thing that I'm sure of, it's in those weakest times where we don't feel good enough, if we call out for God for strength, he's going to provide it. In those times where your money seems, your cash seems a bit short and you're thinking, I can't make it to the end of this month. If you're, if you're serving God with all your heart, he's going to provide. He's going to do it. He pulls through. This is the God that we serve. He pulls through all throughout the Bible. I could, we, could, we could sit here all day. If you've got all day, we can do it. We can get a panel up with the pastors and we can just go through where God just pulls through throughout the Bible and says, I'm showing up. This is who I am. In your circumstance, in your situation, God wants to pull through. But you're saying, oh, but Ben, yeah, that's great and everything, but you don't really understand where I'm at. You don't really get where I'm at because I, I just feel a bit, I don't feel good enough. Maybe actually you're here and you've come in this morning and you thought, well, I can't call myself a Christian because I'm not really a follower of God. And actually, there's a few things that's stopping me from following God. Maybe I believe in God, but I don't feel good enough to follow God. 
I, I question my relationship with God because of some stuff that's hurt me in the past. And I really truly feel like God wants you to take that step with him. If that's you, then God's going to want you to take that step with him. You know, healing comes when we find our identity in God. My situations have hurt me, but as soon as I take that step with God, as soon as my, I take that step with God, my healing comes. I, become, I feel full. I feel free. I feel like I'm good enough again. I'm going to invite the, the band back up. They've just sat down, bless them, but I'm going to invite them back up because I really, really feel that God is doing some stuff in, in our lives. And you come in today and you feel like, I'm not good enough to serve in a way. Or maybe you've come in and said, maybe you've even come in and said, I'm too good to serve in that way. The complete opposite of what I've preached on. Maybe you've come in and said, nah, I'm too good for that. I, could, I, could, I wouldn't clean the toilets. I'm too good for that. But actually, it's funny. Um, Nadine told uh, an analogy last week about um, someone, I don't know who it could have been, someone locking the car keys in her car, in Esther's car, uh, when we went to Scunthorpe, whoever it could be, actually I'll, I'll own up, it was me, I am, I am the Ben she speaks of, it was me, um, but what was mad is that uh, she got, God spoke to her through it and God spoke to me through it, so actually God used me by doing that, so it wasn't actually, it was God, God was doing something in me, <laughs> but what was, what was, the wonderful thing is that the pastor Jonathan came out and the first thing he did was like, well, there's a quick fit over there. That's their ministry is to do stuff like this. They can help you. And maybe you've come in and, and you've gone on a ministry course, you've done stuff before, and, and you're like, yeah, but I don't want to serve there, I want to serve somewhere else. Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Kaz, Pastor Faith, I'm just going to say it from the front, they are in the authority to tell you where you can serve and they're going to be answering to God if they get it wrong. But they're in the position to do that. So you need to listen to them and serve with everything you can where they've asked you to serve. I don't know if that's for anyone, but if, you, if it's the complete opposite. But back to the inadequacy, I really feel like we're just going to come into a time now of, of strength and feeling stronger again. We're going to invite the um, Connect Group leaders to come down to the front and we're going to have some prayer time because I really feel like God, God is looking at you today and God is saying to you, you are strong. You know, as soon as I make a step to become a Christian, whether you feel like you're a Christian or not, but as soon as you become a, become a Christian, God, God takes you all of a sudden. He says, right, you've made that decision now. I'm going to hold you to your word. I want you. And it's an open invitation to anyone. You're never too far. You're never too, strong, too far away. God, you've hurt me. God, it's hurt so much. I don't feel like I can make that decision anymore. But actually, why don't we just take that step with God and see it? how God heals us. It says in um, 1 Peter, 1 Peter 2 verse 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You feel inadequate, you don't feel good enough, you, you just don't feel like it's worth it, but then God's saying actually you're chosen. You're actually quite similar to David because you're royal. And if you ask any royalty anywhere who they are, they're going to tell you. If you ask the Queen of England, if she's had a bad day, she's had a really bad day, and you ask the Queen of England, well, who even are you? She's going to be like, I'm the Queen of England. And that's who I am. Don't, I, I mean, how do you not know who I am? I'm on pound coins. But royalty know who they are. 
royalty from, from the inside know who they are. They, no, they never question. They never have an identity crisis. They never sat there on a Saturday night thinking, I don't know if I want to go to church anymore because I don't feel good enough to go to church anymore. Royalty know who they are and they stand up for who they are and they say, irregardless of what's going on in my life, my circumstances and my situations, the things that are pulling me and hurting me, no matter about that relationship that I've been in, I know who I am because I know my God and my God has called me by name. Maybe this morning is God calling you and saying, you're my daughter. Maybe you've needed that. Maybe God wants you to know this morning that you're my son. Maybe God wants you to know this morning that you are royal. But it doesn't just stop there. You're a priesthood as well. You're, you're people, you are believers, you are, you are a people that are a holy nation that should be on their knees, consecrated themselves to God, saying, God, whatever your will is, I'll go. Wherever you're sending me, I'll go. Whatever you want me to serve, I'll do. It doesn't matter if I haven't had my time off yet. I'm just going to go to that church and I'm just going to hoover the floors. Because shepherds look after their flocks. And what if we're called to be like David, and David as a shepherd was looking after the flock? What if we just put that work in and just said, God, whatever it is, whatever's going on, I trust you because you have called me to this. And although it might even seem beneath me, I'm going to serve this work. So I'm going to invite the Connect Group leaders forward. And in this moment, what's going to happen is, if you just feel maybe not slightly good enough, it's fine. No one's going to judge you. If you feel like you just miss the mark sometimes and you just need someone just to pray with you maybe it's something else and and you just you just kind of want prayer at the moment maybe you want to take that step for the first time or the fourth time or the eighth time to say yeah I'm gonna become a Christian then just come forward and get a little bit of prayer this is what this this team is here for just to help you and guide you and we'll just see what God does there's no harm in just saying, God, this feeling I have, I want to give to you. There's no harm in that. So in this moment, we're going to enter some worship. We're just going to understand who we are in God. And if you want prayer, just come forward. If not, that's fine. Don't feel like you've missed your opportunity either. Because there's people around afterwards that will always be happy to pray for you and pray with you and talk with you through some stuff. If you would like to know more, please visit us at www.thedestinychurch.co.uk.